Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and I'm so excited to have you here on this daily Duke Athletics podcast. We've got a lot to discuss as we get set for the ACC tournament, getting started a little bit later this week. We've got uh, all ACC teams to announce player of the year, coach of the year. All the awards came out yesterday, so we've got to give you a full rundown of what that looked like from the Duke perspective. As always, follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. So many things to discuss in the world of Duke basketball today. So I said, who better to have on than Ryan Lohman? He runs the Duke Nation Twitter account. If you haven't seen it yet and you call yourself a member of the Duke Twitter community, I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know how blind you are because this guy is all over the place, and it is an absolute joy that he's joining me here on the program today. Our primary sponsor for today's program, I want to tell you about our friends over at Run Your Pool. Today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. you got to go check out runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. We get started today on Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson hanging out with Ryan Lohman here to talk all things Duke basketball. What's up, Ryan? How are you, man? Going on, man. I'm doing great. It's, I'm, I'm excited for the week. I'm excited to be here. And I was just telling you before we started that anytime I get to talk Duke basketball, especially before the tournament comes, man, I'm, I'm stoked. So let's do it. Yeah, no, this is awesome. We've got a lot to discuss. Excited to see uh, the uh, tournament being played out and see if Duke can come out on top. It is a Duke basketball team that is ACC regular season champions for the first time since 2006, which is an absolute joy to all of us. I want to get more into your background in just a moment, but let's start with what happened recently. Duke loses on Saturday in Coach K's final game, 94-81. The most points given up by Duke this entire season. Just gut-wrenching to sit there and watch that unfold. Uh, tell me about it. Take me in. How were you feeling when that was taking place? Yeah, gut-wrenching is the way to put it, man. It, it, the end of that first half when Duke was up by like seven to nine points or something like that with like four minutes to go, and I'm, I'm feeling confident I'm watching with the UNC fans, so he's kind of feeling – demoralized as, as we went on a run there and we, we both knew it was going to happen. Duke was going to go into a run at the end of us at the end of a half, like they normally do. Um, and then UNC kind of, kind of came back and I was like, that's not a great sign. First of all, it seemed like they kind of adjusted to Duke's run. And I was a little bit hesitant going into halftime, but I'm like, after that first meeting, they can't, nobody to stop Paulo. Paulo took 26 shots. Um, which after I said it on, on our show, I wanted him to take 20 or more shots every game. And now that the game went that it did, I'm not sure I want that as much anymore. And that's not a testament to Paulo. It's a testament to like the other guys not getting touches and, and shots off. So, um, but another thing that, that we've talked about is the whole lead up to that week. Like the preparation had to have been a little bit different with all the cameras in town and all of the, um, the media in town and everybody um, hyping up this game. I, I said, I would have told the players to turn off social media. I don't right. know if that would have done anything, but just like everything leading up to it, the pressure that was on these guys, the outcome shouldn't have surprised a lot of people, but I think the effort and the energy level surprised a lot of people. Um, UNC played five guys in the second half. That was it. And Duke's, Duke played like five or six guys in the second half as well. But the, the energy level on that side, even though we had our, our home fans behind them, was just lacking. So shocked, but I think it's like, let's just put it behind us now. We got postseason play, zero and zero to start the next game. 
um, let's do it, man. Let's go to Brooklyn and, and get a, and get another championship. So that's the big thing in all of this that I've talked about on, on Monday's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. If you haven't listened, you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Talking about the kind of effort and, and emotional energy that goes mm-hmm. into an event like that. I loved what you were saying about, you know, hey, it probably the best thing to do was to be off social media entirely going into the game because that was the only thing that people were talking about. My other thing, Ryan, is forget social media. When the ball goes up in the air, and you look over into the stands at Cameron Indoor, a small venue that you could see pretty much everybody at. There are so many players that wore that Duke jersey there staring at you, wanting you to win, which is absolutely awesome. But inherently, you would think that that creates a little bit more pressure. I know they were talking about uh, we've always loved those uh, kind of free throws for charity that guys have come mm-hmm. back and participated in. And Grayson Allen was the guy that shot the free throw for that game he made it but could you imagine missing that free throw with all your former teammates and other guys sitting there watching you like I just can't imagine what that was like on outside of the social media side of things when you're physically playing a basketball game and you look around you and see all those greats watching yeah and the worst part about it is you see their faces when you come back to the bench after giving up like a 10-0 run (laughs) 13-0 run from North Carolina and they're all like they're all putting their hands over their mouth like what is going on just shell-shocked and then you add that to coach K is getting on you and everything. And like, I just, I was worn out seeing social media this week. And like the week felt like it was the longest week leading up to a game that we've had in a long time. Like the the week just felt long. It felt heavy everywhere. You look, there's stuff going on. So then I I felt exhausted. Once the game time came around, I was like, finally, we're here. The moments here, the lead up to it, him, coach K walking through the line of former players. And then, like you said, seeing all those former players and those legends who have uh, their jerseys in the rafters, (laughs) like, yeah, no thanks, man. Get me out of there as soon as possible. <laughs> I don't want to excuse it, but just like there was so much going on and the disappointment in those players, uh, the current players after the game, you could see it, man, on all of their faces watching Coach K. He would look at them and like towards the middle or end of his speech, like kind of cheer him up. And it's like, oh, we have more to do. And like, we're going to right put our best foot forward. But they all were still, and there was no smiling, no laughing after the fact. And so uh, I, I saw a picture of Wendell smiling that was going around and people were all pissed about it. But other than that, it was like, anytime he would say anything, they, they were, they were demoralized. That's for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine what it was like for them. And, and certainly glad that from that perspective, it's over. This is not what we would have ma- wanted to happen in a million years, you know, mm-hmm. hypotheticals out there where, you know, you would talk to people about Duke basketball. Well, would you rather lose coach K's final game in Cameron uh, and know that you're going to win the national championship or win that game and not win the national championship. But of course, in the moment you want to win the title, but then you see it all unfold and you're like, that just absolutely sucked. Anyway, yeah. you looked at it, it sucked. Duke gave up 94 points, as we said, the most that they've given up all season long. And the key difference, the final 11 minutes of the game, North Carolina closed it on a 38 to 20 run, a plus 18 advantage over the final 11 minutes what happened there yeah i i i mean i think our we just looked beat we didn't have any answer for their for their high ball screens armando baycott basically chewed us up rj davis got whatever he wanted whenever he wanted i i i mean i've watched a little bit of carolina basketball this year i'm not going to pay attention enough to them but he hasn't played like that all year they had four guys score over 20 points um which was the first time i saw at cameron in a long time that we've allowed that uh it's just they're whatever game plan we had just kind of fell through at the end. And I, I'm going to give Hubert Davis a lot of credit, man. They, they went after Mark Williams played a decent game, especially offensively, but they picked on him when it came to the pick and roll, the high ball screens, the high pick and rolls. Um, he, they would switch off and he'd, he'd be on RJ Davis or Caleb love. And 
Caleb Love played well, man. He shot the ball well. They facilitated well. And it kind of just I, I, there was no halftime adjustments from the from the Duke side either. So um, credit to Hubert Davis and them. Um, but they basically took their game plan, I would assume, from halftime and just ran it down our throats. And we didn't really seem like we were interested in, in putting up any fight after they punched back. So, yeah, you, you and I live on the Internet. We love watching the back and forth between the players and the rivalry <laughs> and that sort of thing. We know that there was uh, some love lost, some hate possibly between mm-hmm. Theo John and Caleb Love going into the game. And, of course, Caleb Love starts 0 of 8 from the floor and then yeah. scores 15 of his 22 after the second half. So that wasn't so great. It's one year of Brady Manick being in Duke fans' lives. Yeah. Uh, scored 21, was the only bright spot in the first meeting, scoring those 21 points, and then had 20 in Cameron Indoor, including 5 of 10 from three-point range. Felt like every time he touched the ball, that thing was going to go in. And uh, I hope that there's no COVID year of extra eligibility that these guys can walk around with. And I certainly hope that's the last time we match up against Brady Manick. Yeah, and the issue is, is like, is like I said, when, and I didn't even, I can't believe I forgot to mention him, but when, when Mark Williams would switch off on him, there'd be, he had six feet of space around him. Every shot, it seemed like, it's not like he was hitting step back threes. And I was like, Hey, what are you supposed to do? He was hitting wide open shots. Um, so credit to him, but that just goes to show how bad our defense was. And I think the devil's den tweeted out this morning that our defense at home ranked like 95th in the country. I mean, that's, that's unacceptable in a place like Cameron indoor when you have that great of a crowd behind you. So Letting guys like Brady Mannix sit at the top of the key wide open is, is not acceptable. Um, I, I, I really think these guys are going to learn a lot from this game, though. Um, not to take anything lightly, especially guys like uh, Theo John and Wendell Moore, who have been around the block a little bit, uh, not allowing um, the press and the media to get in your head and put the pressure on you, especially. Going, I mean, there's going to be just as much pressure going in the tournament. That, at, this is Coach K's last tournament run. You have to, you have to step up and put, and put the noise behind you. So. Let's talk a little bit more about Duke basketball. Ryan Lohman is here. He runs the at Duke Nation uh, Twitter account. I want to hear a little bit more about how that came to be, and we'll talk about the ACC tournament straight ahead here on Locked On Blue Devils. Our show today, Locked On Blue Devils, brought to you by our friends over at Stat Hero. Big time of year, March Madness is here, and I love those brackets. I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money, but this year I'm hedging my bets with Stat Hero's NCAA Pick'em Contest. Their NCAA single-game pickums pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back of those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage while you start focusing on the players you know best with a game plan that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. You could sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on with promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on. You get a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. Moving forward here today on Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson hanging out with Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter. So let's go there, Ryan. How in the world did this page come to be? Yeah, so really weird, odd story. I I live in Minnesota, born and raised in Minnesota, um, which I've, I've made very clear to everybody. I'm not from North Carolina. I don't have ties <laughs> to the program outside of the fact that when I was little, I watched Duke basketball with my grandma a lot. She was a huge Coach K fan. Um, I was known as a Duke fan in high school. I'm known as a Duke fan to everybody I ever meet. So 
my personal Twitter account going into college after my senior year of high school was always Duke, Duke, Duke and interacting with people from the Duke community a little bit. Um, but nobody cared. I mean, nobody <laughs> cared at all. So I was like, I was getting a lot of crap from all my friends and, and some acquaintances, like giving me a lot of crap for tweeting about all the time that no one from Minnesota cares to hear about this stuff. So one night on my sophomore year of college, I was sitting at my, the house that I rented with a bunch of buddies and I was like, screw it. I'm going to create an account. Uh, there's no, at this time, this was back in 2012, I think there was no Duke account, like fan pages, really. I, I'm safe to say I was one of the, the, the first ones out there outside of the actual official account. So I said, screw it, I'm going to do it. And then what I did is I clicked on the Duke nation hashtag and followed every single person that used that hashtag. And that's how I got my start. I started tweeting from there. People followed back and that's kind of where the Duke community grew, um, quite a bit. So um, for a while there, I literally just followed everybody and anybody who followed me back. Uh, and then it just kind of spurred into this thing where almost or 10 years later now we have, I have a show, I've met a lot of great people. Um, and yeah, it's <laughs> like you said, before we started, like going from, I work a full-time job, but then also being able to tweet and, and get news to people in a timely matter, um, try to make connections so we can get news earlier and know a few things that we can drop as little teases on our shows, man, it's, it's become fun. If I could do it as a full-time job, I would. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. Let's just put it that way. Is it safe to say it's exceeded any expectations that you've had? Yeah. I'm a humble brag is that I, Zion Williamson follows me and I have talked to Zion Williamson via DMS <laughs> in, in the past. So like going from small college house, creating an account, just to be able to tweet Duke basketball without getting flack to, talking with guys like Zion Williamson and having Duke players follow and reply to tweets and stuff. Like if I would have, you would have told me I was doing that 10 years ago or been like, no way. <laughs> and just the forward thinking that you had, I mean, just hearing the story. And obviously I talk about my background a good bit on this program and working in the media space, knowing that there are full-time careers, like real legit jobs that people mm -hmm. have to get paid to run social media accounts. And here you are all these years ago, before Twitter really popped off and blew up. And you're mm -hmm. like, you know what? This is the right thing to do, to click on a hashtag that everyone <laughs> wants to use and get followers that way. And then you're putting out great content and people want to follow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And for the, I, I love, I love my job. I love what I do, but just like the, the surrounding it with Duke basketball every day is so fun. And I, I mean, our show is sponsored. So we, we take a little bit there and I've done some sponsored posts and stuff, but like, I don't also want to be that feed that is just pumping out content after content sponsored stuff after sponsored stuff so like part of me is like if i had the opportunity to do it full-time maybe but like it's just it's so nice to just be organic interact with duke fans um from an organic level and not like a pressurized or pushed paid level so um it's just it's a lot of fun tell me a little bit about the show from your perspective again the show that you keep referencing crazy twitter live after the game uh, this past week we saw it's always a who's who that kind of pops on the community. One of these days, I'm going to get an invite and be a part of the fun over there. But recently after the UNC game, we saw Zion Ojalete, who's been on this program before with his Duke NBA page, and Brian mm -hmm. Horace with Duke Blogger, who was on the program last week. How did the yeah. show come to be, Ryan? Yeah, really. I've been talking. Zion actually used to help me run the Duke Nation. Like for a while, like I said, it, it got to be a lot. Like if I was out or I couldn't see a game and stuff, or I was some news broke and I was busy doing something, I had me and him were running the account as well as he was running Duke NBA. And I think it was during the right at the beginning of the pandemic, he was like, Hey, we should do this show. Like we should jump on a, a Twitter stream and do this. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like why not? <laughs> and then, so we did a few of them. That's, that's when we had Nolan Smith on uh, Martha 
uh, Hunt, I think is her name. Um, and Quinn Cook jumped on it as well. Trey Jones jumped into the chat. We've had a few people. And I'm going to give Zion all the credit for getting these guys on. He works with Complex Sports. He's got all the connections. So like I kind of just sit back and and help co-host a little bit. But um, it kind of took off from there. We did a few shows during the pandemic. And last season was was super hard. We, we always joke that we wish we could have started it during the Zion and RJ and, and Cam and Trey team because that would have that would have popped it off real quickly. But starting it when the when the team goes 13 and 11 or whatever the record was last year was kind of was kind of heartbreaking. But um, now that we've got a, almost a full season under our belt again, it's fun, man. We have we kind of we started by saying it was um, the show for everybody to participate in. So we'd have random people on. We can post comments in the within the stream itself so people can see it. Uh, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. I, like I said, Zion's the main host. I consider myself a co-host, um, but all the players that, that we get on and stuff, I'm going to, I'm going to give credit to where it's due Zion there. <laughs> well, so it's, it's so much fun again, crazy Twitter live, and it's always a great reaction. And, and sometimes you'll hear the Twitter spaces that these guys put together to be able to kind of interact that way. And you mentioned the show launching at not the best of times in the Duke basketball world. That's a very similar story to what's going on here at Lockdown Blue Devils, why I've loved this year so much more. Starting in March of 2021, when Duke is not expected to make the NCAA tournament, was definitely a reality check. And I've said this a number of times, but maybe if, if Ryan's community is bringing you here to my podcast to let the folks out there again know, the last time Duke did not make the NCAA tournament was March of 1995, before last season. I came into the world in November of 1995. So my entire existence, I didn't know that you could play an NCAA tournament without Duke being a part of it. And you're just a few years older than me, Ryan. So even back then, two, three years old, you weren't watching Duke and didn't really understand that, that they weren't uh, in the NCAA tournament at that time. So we all kind of had to go through that tough year together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, and now we think about we weren't able to watch Duke in a tournament for the first time basically in our entire lives. And now next year it's gonna be we're gonna watch a Duke game without Coach K for right. I mean, obviously he's been out for some for some health issues, but like right. a full season without coach, it doesn't even make sense. Duke basketball without Coach K, Coach right. K court without Coach K. Like it's just it's such a foreign thing now. Um, I hope we never have to have a season like that again in our lives. It was just for in the world itself and then also the college basketball season. I'll I'll take a hard pass on that any day right. of the week, but um yeah, going or seeing do basketball games next year without Coach K. Um, I'm excited and I'm optimistic, but it, it's going to be weird. Uh, let's do this. Let's talk more about this Duke basketball team. And then still to come, we want to give you an ACC tournament preview, what that's going to look like for Duke. So, Ryan, you mentioned this is our Tuesday edition of the podcast. So yesterday on Monday, the ACC announced all of their league awards. And uh, we had a good number of Blue Devils recognized. Give me a run through of uh, kind of what happened. Yeah, so first team all ACC, Paulo Bancaro. Um, the that was not surprising at all. Right. Um, all ACC freshman team was uh, Paulo Bancaro, Trevor Keels, and AJ Griffin. I don't think that was a surprise to anybody as well. Duke's kind of owned that team for the past <laughs> decade right. or so, um, for the most part. I've got to give a shout out to Wendell Moore as second team, Mark Williams third team and Mark Williams defensive player of the year, which not a surprise at all. I think the biggest, the two that were like kind of hesitant uh, as far as ACC player of the year goes and ACC coach of the year was uh, Alondis Williams won it over Baycott and Steve Forbes won it over coach K, right. which the coach, the, the Alondis Williams one, that makes sense to me. I, I would have understood Baycott getting it, but 
Coach K not getting it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I, oh, am I okay sucks. to get into this right now? Yeah, for sure. I want to get okay. into this. It's all Coach K took a, and coaching the coach of the year is, is coaching all around. It's not just the X's and O's. It's not just the record. It's coaching is recruiting as well. So everybody can say, Oh, well, coach K had five-star recruits all over the board. Well, that means he did his, he did his job better than the other coaches right. in the ACC. And so he took a team that went 13 and 11 last year, I think. Uh, lost, I think, their top three or four leading scorers and took that team to win their first ACC regular season title and uh, without sharing it and over almost 15 or 16 years. Like any other coach in the ACC that does that wins that hands down, no matter what, with who they were playing with. Uh, and so that that's my, I had to get on my soapbox there for a second because just because it's Coach K and he's done this so many times does not take away from what he did. And people always go back to, well, he had five star recruits. Steve Forbes, I get it. He picked up a team and he went out and got or transfers for his right. team. Um, Coach K just did his job a little bit better this year. And so I, I think it's just crazy. He didn't, he didn't have more votes and that he didn't, he didn't win it to be honest with you. And then hasn't won coach of the year really at all in, in the 21st century. It's just kind of <laughs> crazy to think about being at a school for 42 years and being the standard of excellence. You get used to it. I know uh, in the modern basketball era, a lot of people want to equate what LeBron James is doing and oftentimes getting overlooked for MVP discussions. We know he's the best, so we just got to find someone else, so exactly. to speak. And so for Coach K, also the argument there is, well, they're a top 10 team. They're, you know, they're so great. They were supposed to win the league and they were supposed to be in this position. But I think to your point on the recruiting side of things, as a coach, aren't you supposed to have your team in a position to be a preseason top 10 team? and to be picked to win the league and then to follow through that I think he deserves some love. Yeah, exactly. And this is no shot at Steve Forbes. Like I, right. I he did a phenomenal I think it's job. Un, I, I'm so excited to watch that. He's so energetic. He's hilarious to watch. Yeah. Sort of thing. I think it's great. And it's but, great for the state of North Carolina. And right. the, there hasn't really been, I don't know, back before coach K, if there's ever a rivalry between Wake and, and Duke and there should be, it's, it's, it's in state. There's no right. reason why they shouldn't be um, duking it out every year. And I'm, I'm pumped for that. But like that doesn't take away from the fact that Coach K did what he did um, as well and took, like I said, a bottom barrel ACC team last year to the champion the next year. Like I just I don't know what else he has to do. And I, I think even if he was to continue coaching, I don't know what other uh, what else he could do to, to win that award going forward. The last award overview to let you know about from Monday, uh, you mentioned Mark Williams being the ACC defensive player of the year. Trey Jones, of course, got that award a few years ago, the same year he won ACC Player of the Year, which to me is still the coolest thing to ever happen, uh, to be able to do that and play that well. Uh, Mark For Williams sure. and Wendell Moore, also a part of the all-ACC defensive team. What impressed you the most about those guys defensively this year? Well, without Wendell Moore playing the way he has all year, this team is third or fourth, I would think, in the ACC. Everybody looked at the way he started uh, the season with 20 point games left and right. He was on his fire offense and then, was incredible to start. I mean, Oh my God. Yeah. And it was a big reason for Duke's success. Um, but Duke definitely didn't need him to be that way. And it, we proved that, I mean, he was basically the Swiss army knife of this team. He was probably, I, I don't know, have the exact stats in front of me, but probably around eight to 12 points a game towards an, an ACC play. Um, always dropping five to eight assists and his turnover assist turnover issue had been pretty damn good as well. So, um, what he meant to this team was basically just providing leadership and the do-it-all mentality. He didn't care about getting all the points. He didn't have to shoot the ball 15 times a night. Uh, so seeing him progress into that Swiss Army knife and a potentially first-round pick is quite impressive in itself. 
Uh, and then Mark Williams, man, just fun to finally see last year. We got a tease of it at the end of the year, right. especially I believe in that, was it a Louisville game where he 23 points and 19 rebounds in the last yep. game of the season. Yep. Exactly. So he popped off then. And just to see that come to fruition, obviously we weren't expecting him to drop 20 every night, but he dropped 28 against, I think it was Syracuse the other day. Um, and just his, his defensive presence. There were so many times where Mark Williams couldn't get the block or he went out on a defender and made them miss. Like there was and in the UNC game, I, I can't remember who it was that shot at it, probably Caleb Love when he went 0 of 8 in the first half. And he uh, definitely redirected that shot. He made him shoot it higher. It came up short. So like those don't count. Um, obviously the blocks do. It was it was cool to see the, the blocks per game and leading the ACC in that. I, I believe he did that. At least he was close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just seeing his progression throughout the year, he, he developed a slight post game. I don't want to call it a complete post game, but he was making turnarounds a little bit in those last few games. So uh, without those two, man, this team is nowhere near where they're supposed to be. Mark Williams won quick to head tap every time he made a big time dunk or something underneath it to be a shooter and to see a guy that's seven one with that wingspan coming. I mean, that's terrifying <laughs> yeah, to sit no there and have to, to follow through. No, thank you. Indeed. All right, let's get set for our final break here on the program when we come back. ACC Tournament Preview on Locked On Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Run Your Pool. March Madness starts next week. This upcoming Sunday is Selection Sunday. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Do you want to go with the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework with the Locked On Podcast Network and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks, all stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain some customers. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool is the greatest because we're running our brackets there ourselves as a company. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, Join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Locked on Blue Devils today is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Here we go. I mentioned it. March Madness is here, and you've got to find all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and so much more at betonline.net. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. We've also got you covered for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and so much more over at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Final segment here today on Lockdown Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson. The absolute joy of chatting with Ryan Lohman from Duke Nation. I hope he's enjoying our conversation as much as I am, and I hope that we're going to be able to make this a, a frequent thing moving forward here on the program. So, Ryan, we get set for the ACC tournament this week. Duke is the one seed, again, celebrating their first regular season championship. This is my favorite since 2006. This is my favorite week when you look at the ACC tournament just because we've got so many memories of Duke basketball winning this thing. They're going to play the winner of Syracuse and Florida State, that 8-9 game on Thursday at noon Eastern, which means that Duke will play a team for the third time in that matchup. How are you feeling on uh, what's going on for the ACC tournament? Yeah, I would say a confidence level, probably about an 
8.75 out of 10. Like I want to be to that nine and like be super confident, but I've also seen this team play some of these teams as well, including Florida state that, that we're probably could see in the, in the first round. I was not uh, expecting 8.75. That's incredible <laughs> that you pulled that number out. I well, like that. I, I was sitting there thinking about that. Not all the way to nine, but eight's too low. So let me just settle for eight, seven, five. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm worried because we've seen this team play down to a a lot of a lot of our competition in the ACC, which is which is hard to to build up that full nine or ten confidence level. But neutral site, we haven't lost this year. We've only lost on the road, and we got way better on the road towards the latter half of the year, especially against bad teams that we should pound into the ground. So. Um, I'm not afraid of Syracuse. I'm not afraid afraid of Florida State, although they have gotten back, I think, a couple of their players. Right. Um, obviously, if if some, I think those are the, yeah, those are the only two. No one plays before them. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited that it's a noon game. Being able to watch Duke during the day, you only get it only happens like once, maybe twice in a season <laughs> during the ACC tournament or, or March Madness. And um, so being able to watch them during work hours, I don't know, it's kind of fun. And I know for people in North Carolina, it brings back memories of them watching you in school for sure in those TVs. And uh, so I'm excited for that. Uh, but I'm very confident. I really, really want to see North Carolina in the championship again, like so badly. And I don't know <laughs> if anybody agrees with me. I know some people do. Some people might be like, no, nah, let's let's give that. Let's put that in the past. But I'm, I want you and seeing the championship so bad. Yeah, I think that would be awesome to kind of beat them again and and have the full season series and for Coach K to get his last win against the Tar Heels is is certainly something that. And and for the record, it does not make up for the loss that they had last weekend. Correct. Like I I said on Twitter, the national championship will make up for that. An ACC tournament win would not quite. It would go a long ways though. No, for sure. We we won all the championships here. Let's let's win nine (laughs) games to close out the year. Let's go nine and zero and see what can happen. All right, give me an X factor this week for Duke basketball on the roster, and whoever you choose, I'll try to pick somebody else. This might be an obvious one, and I hate to pick it, but A.J. Griffin, like, he didn't show up against UNC. His defense wasn't that great. He only took five shots. I think A.J. Griffin uh, has to turn it on at least in two out of the hopefully three games. If he can turn it on and have 15-plus points in each game, and and be a better defender than he was against UNC, which I think he can, especially against the, the guard play that we go up against. Um, yeah, A.J. Griffin for me. I'm going to go Trevor Keels, and I do like, I like the it. A.J. Griffin one because, like you said, I think he only took five shots, and a lot of that was, we mentioned Paulo taking 26, which is mm-hmm. just so much, but there's also got to be an assertion level. for. I mean, the guy is skyrocketing up mock draft boards, and, and at some point, Go get the basketball. Find a way yeah. to uh, to see if you can get it done. But Trevor Keels, you look at what he's done this season. Uh, I think the numbers eighteen and two is the Duke record when Trevor Keels scores in double figures, and Duke is ten and zero when he scores at least thirteen points. They have not lost a game when Keels scores over thirteen. We saw the Pittsburgh game right before UNC. He set a career high with twenty seven points. For uh, for me watching Trevor Keels play Ryan it just strictly always comes back to efficiency he's always going to give it to you on the defensive end which you love he's always going to be one of the emotional leaders out there on the floor he's always going to be hyped and screaming and yelling and just the things that we absolutely love about Duke basketball but he's got to be efficient with the shots that he's taking because if he is then those point totals go up and if he gets to 13 points which isn't that much Duke hasn't lost at all when he gets to that mark. You'd think with a guy as aggressive as Trevor Keels, 13 points would be like an almost guarantee. And and I will steal that stat from you at some point this week about Trevor Keels, us being, what was it? You said 
to eight or eighteen and, and two, eighteen and two in, in double figures. Okay, and thirteen and zero, or excuse me, ten and zero when he scores thirteen points. Okay. Eighteen and two in double figures, ten and zero, uh, thirteen points. Yeah, like that's crazy to me. Like I feel like he, like at least ten or more for him is so doable for somebody <laughs> who does normally shoot about ten to fifteen times a night. It's just like you said about being efficient, taking the right shots, not forcing anything. When he gets downhill. He's a force, and if he can get to the follow line too, it's even better for him. So that's another part of the UNC game that we didn't even mention is the fact that they took like 22 free throws to our eight in the second half. Or that I don't think that was the total for the whole game, but either way, they took a lot more free throws than we did. We did not get to the line, and Trevor Keels is part of that problem. If he's not going downhill and getting fouled, um, I think I think if he can do that in the ACC tournament, it sets us up for some for some success. I'm hoping Duke wins this thing. We'll get set for March Madness in the NCAA tournament next week against Selection Sunday coming soon. Ryan Lohman has been my guest today on Locked On Blue Devils at the Duke Nation. Very simple handle to plug into the old Twitter machine and press that follow button. What can people expect? We talked about the page a little bit earlier, but kind of give us an overview of what you got out there, Ryan. Yeah, man. Honestly, just anytime any news happens with with Duke basketball, I'm on it. I've actually transitioned it to more of a personal page, although I haven't tweeted like I am. I finally put my name on it after a long time of just being anonymous. Um, so just a more personal approach. Now, no one really wants to just see a logo with no name behind it. So (laughs) a personal approach, a lot of good content. We'll be having crazy Twitter live for the majority of the ACC tournament and then into the NCAA tournament. Um, and yeah, hopefully we get to have about eight or nine shows left of that. (laughs) Yes. Speak that into existence. We need to hear that from time to time. And, uh, we'll see if we get another 8.75 confidence level out of you (laughs) once Duke gets set for a matchup. If they win the ACC tournament, it'll be at a nine and a half or 9.75 going into the NCAA tournament. That's what we like to hear. Ryan, this was amazing. I want to do this again sometime soon. Thanks for taking some time to spend with me here on this Tuesday. Absolutely, man. We'll get you on Crazy Twitter Live, man. I promise you by the end of the season, we'll get you on there. (laughs) Let's make it happen. That's Ryan Lohman joining me here today on Locked On Blue Devils. What a fun show. Really enjoyed the conversation. That guy is one of the best. I'm not kidding. I followed his page for way too long, and he's always quick to find the nuggets and notes that you need to know it's always fun like we've talked about on this program the brendan marks of the world the steve wiseman's all those prime reporters with duke basketball frequent guests throughout the week here on locked on blue devils but anytime i could find the guys who run the big time pages with a big following it brings another dynamic to the show and i appreciate that follow us on twitter at lo underscore blue devils please subscribe rate and review to this podcast wherever you find it a five-star rating and a written review does so much for us. I greatly appreciate it. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.